Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. Joined um, is euphemistic and sophisticated today. Joined over distance. Amazing. By the powers of technology. Amazing. And two sets of earbuds and two sets of podcast <laughs> equipment and two computers and two phones and I feel it's like a lot I'm of work. In space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are things in Florida, Jared? Dad? Nice and warm and humid and all the things you like. Good for growing jealous. things. Good for growing. That's nice. Yeah. It's uh, it's actually hasn't been that cold in Maryland, but I think it's supposed to get down to like 19 degrees tonight and the high tomorrow is not even going to be 40. So uh, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's like 75 right now. Heck, man, <laughs> I'm in the wrong place. And it's dark. Well, it's dark here too, so. Yeah, I'm just saying it's 75 in the dark means. Oh, well, yeah, that's know, nice. Yeah. This might be as cold as it's going to get. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, I'm in Maryland for work, doing my actual job, and Jared Dad is with the girls in Florida, and normally that means that I am home and dogless, but I am home and not dogless. Yes, this is the news. <clears throat> so uh, the news is we have a new foster dog. His name is Guacamole, <laughs> um, and we... Uh, yeah, so I guess the background on him is that I, uh, you know, I knew I had been wanting, well, we knew we had been wanting to get another dog for the squad. Yep. Uh, we more, more is better. Yeah, and this is before we lost Queso, um, but we had been talking and like six is really a great number if it's the right six. And, <laughs> you know, we also knew we didn't have a ton of time left with Queso and Though Jasmine doesn't have any problems, like she's definitely showing her age. And so, you know, we wanted to try out some more dogs and, you know, get us up to a, a happy bunch. Because Swizzle has been a great addition and has settled in really well. She's still um, very youthful. Yeah, for sure. And so I, uh, I was like, well, like we're all going to be up here um, in, at the end of March I'm going to be up here a lot in between. And uh, so I'm like, I should really talk to the person who does fostering with the rescue group and let her know that we want a dog. And I was like, well, I'll let her know closer to when we're all going to be up there. And then <coughs> randomly, someone had messaged me with a dog that they had to give up. And uh, they were kind of like, will you take my dog? And I was like, well, like, I can't really take your dog right now, but if you're ready to give them up, you know, the rescue group can take them and bring them in and get them in a good foster home. And then we can see, you know, if they're a dog that we should foster or something else. And so I called the foster coordinator to just let her know that, Hey, there's this person who has a dog to give up. Here's their contact information. And, uh, this dog that's being given up is 10 months. It's the sort of classic, like, they got the dog as a puppy and didn't realize how much work it was going to be. Um, we get a lot of dogs around that age for that reason. When is it and, usually in, uh, in August through October? Yeah, a lot of Christmas dogs like that, though. Uh, you know, there's, there's a steady stream of them from people who get puppies at whatever time. And, you know, the puppies are super cute, but it is a ton of work having a dog. And if you don't realize that when you get them, yeah, 
it's a real shocker and it's a, uh, you know, it's a real burden. So, yeah. And and ironically, like the puppies are the most work, right? They're kind of like infants. They just need so much attention and guidance and they're chewing and they're doing all sorts of weird stuff. I mean, especially at like nine or 10 months when you haven't had the time to give them before. So they're crazy like a puppy, but they're full size and uh, super energetic. And then they're not trained if you haven't had, you know, if you didn't budget like, oh, it's going to take a lot of time to train them and I'm going to work really hard at it. And then they're not trained at 10 months. I mean, they're psychos that are really hard to deal with. Yeah, so. and, and it's one of those things like it's really cute when a little puppy gnaws on your finger, but when a year-old dog gnaws on your finger, it could hurt. Yeah, no, for and, sure. And they don't know, yeah. Uh, so, you know, people should do their research before they get dogs, but I also understand the frustration of people who, you know, having fostered dogs that age and how frustrating they are, um, the frustration of having dealt with that for close to a year and not knowing how to fix it and not having the time to fix it. And then you're just ready to be done. Like, I understand how people get to that place. Um, you know, so anyway, this was a, a dog about that age, like less than a year. And I was like, you know, I'll, I can see if it would be a good fit. And the foster person said, well, you know, if I knew that you would take a younger dog, like we have a three-year-old dog in foster now, um, but he doesn't get along with the cat at the house where he's being fostered. And so we've been trying to move him. And I was like, great, I'll take him. Give him to I me. Think, I think the description was he tried to eat the cat. He tried to eat the cat. <laughs> uh, so the the woman who is fostered. So this dog uh, was dropped off at a, a shelter with his sister, who was a bulldog. And, uh, and then the rescue group, they were listed as a bonded pair. It turns out they were not. They actually don't really like each other. The sister <laughs> didn't like him very much. Um, pair of convenience only. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of people say, oh, these two dogs have lived together. They're a bonded pair, but they aren't necessarily. Uh, I mean, Pine K, my previous two dogs, like they were both great and they got along great, but they weren't really bonded. Like they didn't, you know, snuggle with each other or, you know, they, they liked each other and it was fine, but they wouldn't have been distraught to be without one another. Yeah. Bonded implies you can't break the bond or else either, both of them would be miserable. Right. And Maggie and Jasmine were absolutely a bonded pair. Yeah. Uh, And Hopper and Vank would be a bonded pair. Oh, for sure. Not that we would ever consider splitting them up. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, Vink, better be careful (laughs) or you're out. No. Uh, Who doesn't care? Vink. But I mean, it's a great example, right? Like Vink and Hops, you could not separate them without causing a lot of trauma. But like, uh, you know, Jasmine definitely needs another dog, but she's not especially bonded to any one of our dogs. So if you put her with somebody else, she'd be fine. Uh, But she was really bonded to Schmeeg. Yeah. So anyway, people often say that dogs are bonded when they're not, and it turned out these dogs weren't, but the rescue didn't know that. And so when they get a golden in a shelter, if it's a bonded pair with a non-golden, they take them both. And so this foster took in uh, the golden and the bulldog. And then she also had three other dogs. So she's basically like us. Um, Full. (laughs) Except she also had cats and bunnies. And she maybe has a goat. She has like a little animal sanctuary on her property. She does not say no. She does not say no. No, she takes everybody. (laughs) Uh, But the problem is that the golden... uh, has a very high prey drive 
for cats and bunnies. So it did get her cat at one point and literally had the cat in his mouth. And uh, the cat managed to get away. But she's like, well, this is not good. So like everybody was cordoned off in different parts of the house. And then I guess at one point, she had like a hutch with the bunnies. So there's a four foot fence around the yard. And then the hutch was behind that because she had a lot of property. And uh, he jumped the four foot fence to get to the hutch. It was just circling it. And she's like, I couldn't, I was offering him treats. I was offering him everything. I couldn't get him to stop. So I ended up having to- Yes, I want that bunny. I just don't want that bunny. Stick a broomstick in his collar and pull him back into the house. Drive him like a car or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A bicycle. Uh, so I was like, well, I'm allergic to cats, so we're never going to have a cat. And three years old is sort of past that really crazy phase. Like they're still, <coughs> excuse me, very energetic, but not as bad. I still, I am, it's, it's not funny because it would be stressful if it were my cat, but I do picture him like coming in, looking all sheepish and then coughing and the cat falling out of the mouth. It's like, <laughs> like Kesa did that with one that little time bird. With the, with the baby bird where she was like, mm, bleh. <laughs> whoa, it's a baby bird. Yeah. And uh, the cat's like, whoa, I'm glad I got away. I mean, so anyway, so now we have this dog. Uh, he came into the shelter without a name. The shelter named him Rusty. It is not a name he knows. And so I get to call him whatever I want. And I'm going to call him Guacamole. No, we were thinking uh, of trying to rhyme with Rusty, but if he doesn't care, he doesn't care. We did consider pie crust for a while <laughs> as a name, but yeah. he looks much more like a guacamole than a pie crust. Um, so like, kind of randomly, the person who had been fostering him was posting about him online and someone was like, oh, I know that dog. And, uh, you know, kind of said the situation was that the owner had lost his he had, I think, had a farm in North Carolina, lost the farm, was living in the car with the dogs, and the car broke down, and nobody wanted to take the dogs, and so he dropped them off at the shelter. I don't know how true that story is. I mean, it seems like she probably knows, um, but we didn't get any of that background. He didn't come with any records. Um, allegedly, he maybe was called Meathead before he was <laughs> dropped off at the shelter, <laughs> though I have tried to call him Meathead, and he also doesn't respond to that, so... It could be a Vink situation where he just will never know what his name is, and then we can call him anything we want. You can call him anything or nothing. Uh, it could be that he has a different name, and I just haven't found it, but uh, we're going to train him as guacamole. Vink. So uh, anyway, so yes, guacamole, three-year-old boy. Uh, he just got fixed a couple weeks ago, but is pretty well-behaved. Um, not very well-trained, though he does know how to sit very nicely. Uh, and I've been working with him on his uh, come on his recall, which is going to be important if he wants to chase stuff and if he can jump a four foot fence. <laughs> we yeah, want to be able to call him back. Taller fence here, but <laughs> geez, there's stuff in the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need him to be able to come back. Yeah, um, he's he's weird. Like he's I'm with him now, and so he has a tennis ball in his mouth, and he really likes to fetch. Not surprising for a dog with a high prey drive. And he's got these big, long legs and just like zooms all over the place. And so he has his tennis ball in his mouth and he's standing next to me with just like the ball like wedged in there and his head next to my leg. And he's not like nudging me with it to throw it like Hops does. He's just standing there. And if I get it from him, he'll go chase it. 
but he kind of doesn't want me to take it, but it's also not like, oh, no, don't take it. Oh, no. Oh, please, no, don't take it. Like, he's just kind of like, meh, okay. Uh, but when I throw it, like I just did, then he breaks everything in his pass to go get it. Um, so it's kind of his passy, but if you throw it, he'll chase it. For And chases with gusto. Yeah, so Maybe we should call him gusto. No, no, it's guacamole. <laughs> guacamole with gusto. Uh so he's a he's a sweet boy. He's a very good bed sleeper. Like he just kind of snugs it in and goes to sleep and sleeps quietly in the bed, which is nice. That's really good. Um, and you know, I'm up here. I'm doing a ton of work this week, so I have taken him to doggy daycare every day, which is great. He just gets to play with his friends, and he's having a good time up there. So he comes back a little more tired. Uh, he is a counter surfer, which I haven't even told your dad, but I discovered today. I had left like the rind of some manchego cheese on the counter and I looked into the kitchen and he was standing up there and he's really tall. So he's standing up there with his front feet trying to reach the wedge of manchego cheese. <laughs> Fortunately, it was out of his reach, but he had Barely. no problem climbing up he could, there. He could reach pretty far back on those ca- on those cabins. Yeah, he's a big, he's a big boy. Uh, he's very svelte and sleek, but he's tall. He's long, so, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be a, a big one once he puts on some GR pounds from all the snacks that GR dad gives out. And this morning I was, before I gave the girls breakfast, there's a little detour. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I took out an egg to eat for breakfast, a hard-boiled egg, and put it on the counter. And then something happened, hmm. and all of a sudden Swizzle's running around crunching something in her mouth <laughs> i haven't heard this like, story what yet. is it did you what did you did you catch something what is going on so i reach in there and it's the hard-boiled egg and she's crunching the shell and i for a while i was thinking it probably rolled off the counter and then i wonder if she just like snarked it behind my yeah. back oh that's jumped interesting. up picked it up and had it but it could have rolled off and in, in her defense you know she, it she doesn't have a have, lot of ups like her hips are not great True. She probably just caught it on the way down. <laughs> she <laughs> she's do very that. good at that. So Can I, I detour know, but... from your detour? Yeah, sure. It's getting closer to home if you detour from my detour. We were walking hops last week. We were like out for the nightly walkies. Oh, grody. Yeah. Ugh. And so she's like stop sniffing in the grass. And, and it's dark. We don't see it much. No. So we walk in the dark and it's like basically completely dark. Uh, but like we walk just by the moonlight, there's a sidewalk, so it's fine. We don't usually bring a flashlight or anything. And so she's sniffing in the grass next to the path. It's fine. And then we're walking and she's crunching something. And I was like, oh, that's not good. And so I just reach into her mouth. Every pet owner knows this, like, what are you eating? Reach in there. And whatever it is, she's been chewing it up. So it's all, you know, kind of masticated. And it clearly was like the bones of a dead thing, right? So I like, re- there's a ton of it in there. And so I'm like reaching in oh. her mouth and I scrape out this kind of ground up, like hard stuff. And it's like, you know, it's got like saliva. There's probably some rotted flesh on there. <laughs> and oh, it's so gross. So I take like a first scoop out of her mouth and I kind of <sighs> fling it down on the ground. I can't see anything. And so oh. I smell my hands and I mean, it smells like, very rotten thing Ugh. but she still has a munch in her mouth so i'm like constantly going back into her mouth and like pulling out kind of scoops like reaching down her throat to get uh, she's like, like if breath- this is so unpleasant for you why don't you just stop i'll be happy to dispose of this for you 
Like Stop. the chewed bones of probably like a dead iguana or something. Oh, it was so gross. I mean, my Man, hands did, smelled better. I got hours. so lucky with the hard-boiled egg. It was much easier and cleaner. <laughs> it was kind of like that, like, what are you crunching and how did Ugh. you get it? Ugh. Yeah. It was so, anyway. It, it was a. It wasn't even the same universe, though. I mean, I saw that it was an egg. <laughs> yeah, no, it was and gross. Yours is. Oh, you had to like shower, immerse your yeah, hands in nasty. bleach. And I don't Not get squeamish about stuff, but I was like, ugh, it really turned my stomach. It anyway, okay. Bad. So guacamole, three-year-old male, um, nice boy, not traumatized, like. You know, seems to have had a, a rough go of things, but uh, he doesn't have any signs of being abused or neglected like we have with a lot of dogs. So he's a foster. Um, who knows if he's going to stay? You know, he's with me up here alone for a week, and then he's going to come down this weekend with Jared. Dad's going to fly up here. <laughs> so I'm like, how are we going to get him back down to be with the rest of the dogs? I can fly down for the weekend. And I guess I can put him on a plane. I would never put one of my dogs on a plane, like as cargo. But I guess if that's the only option I could, but I really no don't want to, but I don't know what to do. And Jared Dad's like, I'll drive him. And Jared Dad's always advocating for a road trip for himself. I He's like, I loved drive. road trips as a, as a younger person and just have still have good memories. Yeah. So I'm like, great. So we like use some miles, booked GR Data flight up here. So I'm flying down to Key West and literally on the plane I get off of, GR Dad is going to board and fly back to DC. Uh, and I should then, try to get the same seat as you. Then you can leave me a note. Oh, we should totally do that. Except <laughs> I think you're flying coach and I'm flying business. Well, I mean, you'd have to slum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. I love you, but I'll All just... All right, Miles Queen. I'll just send you a text. Um, anyway, yeah, so... I'm flying down on like the 8.30 m flight. I land at 11.30. GR dad boards at 12, takes my plane back to DC. And then he's going to rent a car, pick up guacamole, and then drive down to Key West over the weekend and uh, and then show up like at whatever 1 a.m. on Sunday night, Monday morning with him. Yeah, and, depending uh, on how the mileage goes. Yeah, we'll see. So, uh, and then he'll meet the squad. So, you know, it, whether or not he stays permanently depends on like, it's interesting. I was talking to my friend last night. I went out to dinner with her and, you know, I was talking about how sad I am about all the dogs that we've lost. And I was like, Maggie and Riley, especially like, you know, we had Maggie for a couple years and she's, she was such a special dog and I bonded with her in such a special way. And, we got Riley a month before she died and we got Riley and I bonded with him in the same way that I had bonded with her. Like I had this really instant, wonderful connection and it kind of had me going like, oh, like maybe this is like a normal way to connect with dogs. Like I've had Shmeek for two years and she's been like this and like now boyfriend shows up and like instantly, like the minute he showed up, I was like, oh, it's my dog. So like maybe this is more common than I thought it was. Um, and it's not. I just happen to have like the two best dogs of my life, like one right after the other. And, you know, I was like, you know, they were just the best and kind of talking about it. And I was like, and she's like, well, did you know right away? And I was like, well, yeah, like, you know, and we've talked about this when Maggie and Jasmine showed up, 
I knew literally the second they walked in the backyard that they were staying. And uh, and Riley was the same way. Like he showed up and even the guy who transported him, Art, who brings us all our dogs, he's like, if he weren't coming to you, I would keep this one. And I was like, yeah, back off my boyfriend, Art. Like this is my dog. <laughs> like I knew literally like just the second I saw him that he was my dog. And so it's interesting, like these two dogs that were like so special, like I could just tell like right away as soon as I came in contact with them. Um, the, you know, Guacamole is a very nice dog and he's a nice boy and I love him, but it's not like that. Like I didn't have that instant feeling of like, oh, we were meant to be together. Um, which doesn't mean that he won't stay. Like I didn't have that feeling with Queso. Like we knew we were going to keep her when we took her cause she was like an old dog and she needed us. But, uh, you know, she didn't connect with us in the same way. Uh, which is not to say I don't cry about her all the time and I miss her a lot. It just, you know, Maggie and Riley were really special like that. Uh, guacamole has not charmed me that much yet. Uh, but we'll see. So we really, there's no like, like with Riley, it was a secret. I knew we were going to keep him the whole time. Obviously, like <laughs> he, nobody was getting He him. was the boyfriend right away. Yeah. <laughs> he was instantly my boyfriend. And we had to go through the whole sort of charade of fostering until I could be like, he is my dog. Um and that kind of dragged on because, you know, he was sick and normally they don't adopt out the sick dogs, but like he was always going to stay permanently. Um, we really honestly don't know with guacamole. Like, you know, I think he'll like the girls fine and he'll fit in uh, whether or not like we're the best fit for him. And, you know, is he too overwhelming because he's younger than everybody? Or is he just like the perfect playmate for Hops and Vink who brings some extra energy? Like we have no idea. So... Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. If you are incredibly charmed by guacamole and might want to adopt him if we decide we don't want him, the process for that is that you have to live in the vaguely D.C. area. Um, so typically the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, but West Virginia can work. Pennsylvania can work. Um, and you have to go to the rescue group website, great, G-R-R-E-A-T dot org, and uh, fill out an adoption application, which is quite a thing. Like you need references. They'll have to schedule a home visit. So it's kind of like a, a month long process to get approved to adopt. Uh, we won't be adopting him out until we're all back up here at the end of March. So you have time, but you can't like wait till he, if, if we decide we're not going to keep him and then you're like, oh, I might want him. You can't apply then because a thousand people are going to want a happy, healthy, well-behaved three-year-old golden retriever. Like he's going to be in massive demand and we aren't going to hold on to him for a month to wait for somebody to get approved. Like it'll be really easy to find him a good home. So if you think you might want to adopt a dog like this, you should start the application process now. It's great. Um, no guarantee that we're going to put him up. Like we may end up keeping him too. We don't know. But um, I, I often get a lot of messages from people who are like, hey, if you don't keep him, I want him. And like, that's cool. But like, we don't own this dog. The rescue group owns him and that's the process. So uh, you have to live in the area and you have to get approved and you have time to do it before he will come up for adoption if we decide to put him up for adoption. But we but honestly we, don't know. If you're going to do that... <laughs> My dad advice would be to like do that if you're ready to foster slash adopt 
a dog. Don't do it for guacamole because it's just, you know, that's kind of like lottery, right? It's one dog, and if 100 people apply, who knows who's going to get them? Uh, yeah, so, and it— I mean, it's just—it's— it, don't think that you can you can guarantee a certain dog. Just do it if that's something generally you want to do in your life. I yeah, guess. I mean that's it's such a good point because there's plenty of dogs in this situation that come through rescue, like dogs who are about a year old who need a little training but don't have any major problems. They just like people got puppies, didn't realize how much work it was and then give them up. Like that happens pretty frequently. So there's a lot of dogs like that that come through the rescue. And part of the placement isn't, it is never how much you want the dog. Um, But it's sort of, you know, the best thing about fostering is that you get to pick the absolute perfect place for the dog to go. And so like a dog like guacamole, I can already tell like one, he cannot go to a house that has cats. He has to go to a house that has a big fence like you could have a partial four foot fence but you definitely need a big fence fence tall a tall fence for sure he should absolutely be at a house with another dog who wants to play with him like he's energetic and he needs playmates uh which is why i'm taking him to daycare as opposed to like letting him hang out here like swizzle if i had her by herself here i would just let her stay at home but he needs playmates so i wouldn't take him to a house that doesn't have another dog, right? So you'd have to have a fence. You have to have another dog, no cats, no birds, no bunnies, like no other pets. Um, and someone who's going to be able to take him out on lots of walks and, uh, work on training with him. So you should probably have some experience training. And if not, like he would come with a requirement that you take him to an obedience class, which we don't do with, I've actually, I don't think I've ever adopted a dog out with that requirement, but it's an option on the form. And it's one I would check for him that like, absolutely he loves to learn like he he's a very trainable dog but he would need to go to a class and so you know if people apply and they have a cat you're not getting this dog um but there's plenty of other dogs that will come through the rescue that could be a great fit for you so it's not so much like who's who's the best person who is who's on the list it's like who's the greatest fit for this guy because all the dogs that come through, like we want them to have the perfect home to go to. So they, even if they had a rough start, like the rest of their lives are awesome. Yeah. And it works both ways, right? That's, that, that sounds kind of like forbidding and, and, and super selective and, and sort of putting up barriers, but it's kind of like a dating service, right? I mean, the, the good yeah. thing about a foster is you, you get a pretty good description of the dog, right? It's not, if you go to a shelter, you don't really know what the dog is like. The dog is in a shelter and freaking out that that's what the dog is mm-hmm. but here i mean if you adopt a dog from a foster group a rescue group someone has already had the dog for three weeks or what is it at least two weeks at least three at weeks? least two yeah and in this case you know it'll have been a couple months between us and the other foster and and they're and they will describe the dog and not necessarily inaccurately to get them adopted but accurately so that they're adopted right right so yeah. You know, th- this one shouldn't be with cats. That's fine. There are people without cats, and it'll be a good match, right? So they're not going to say, oh, this is a sweet boy when he's, uh, you know, he chews shoes, because that's, you got to be honest in this situation, and you got to find a good match by being honest, right? So it's not a yeah. a race to get, to get adopted or anything like that. It's always very, you get a very honest assessment, like this one, very active. This one sleeps a lot. This one needs to... 
you know, not have food on the counters and stuff. And and that's really good if you're a prospective adopter that you pick the dog that works for you, right? So you, you should be honest also and just say, look, I don't have a fence. There's going to be a dog for you, but it's not going to be every dog, right? Or right. look, I live in an apartment and it works. And, and so you match it up with this sort of honest exchange of information about you and the dogs. It, it, it's supposed to be a really good match. That's the goal. For sure. Yeah. Like when the, uh, the thing that the rescue group sent, you know, when I said I would take him, uh, you know, they know me well enough and that it, that I would be fine to foster him, but they forwarded me the thing I think that they'd sent to all the other people. And they're like, yeah, he can't be in a house with small kids. It's not that he's going to attack the kids. He'd be great with kids, but he just runs into everything. Like he has no respect for like personal He'd space. Knock or over. He might objects. eat their toys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have a two-year-old, he's absolutely going to knock that two-year-old over and over and uh with abandon he's just not going to pay any attention and they're going to get bumped hard and so it's not a good fit to put him in a house with a little kid you know it's not that he's dangerous but somebody without a little kid will want him and so let's put him in the house where everybody's going to be happy and less stressed you know that's that's the nice thing about being you know as a foster that you really can pick a place where it's like, nobody's going to yell at him because he knocked the two-year-old over because I put him in a house without a two-year-old. And there will be plenty of dogs if you have a two-year-old who are actually really, you know, like Hops would never have knocked over a two-year-old. Like she's very gentle and attentive. And those dogs come through too. Yeah, so I I just wanted to, I guess my overall point is don't feel like you're being denied the that dog and it's an unfair situation because you know you don't have your fence isn't tall enough and you really want that dog just think of it as well that's not a good match and there will be a dog who who has a match right i mean totally. who is a better yeah. match for you and you don't have to change your life and and you don't have to change the dog around yep uh so anyway there you go if you are potentially interested and uh, you don't have little kids and you don't have cats and you have a fenced yard and you live in the dc area uh, great.org is the way to do it. It's Golden uh, Retriever Rescue. That's the two R's. Gr- yes, gr- Golden Retriever yeah. Rescue Education and Training. Uh, by the way, I'm officially, I haven't even told your dad this, I'm officially the publicity and media coordinator Ooh, for Great. Wow. I know. That's why you're making the big bucks. <laughs> I get zero dollars for doing this job. <laughs> uh, in fact, they basically made this job up for me because that's like, nice she does all this stuff and she's like really good on social media and she like is you know great at like getting the word out and doing all this stuff like we should put her in charge of this stuff so i think i'm gonna get control of their social media accounts which is very exciting and get another instagram account shout out Uh, to a lot of the fans too because i think it it wasn't hurt by the fact that a lot of you all have donated around the shows and for various appeals and stuff you've you've given to great so thanks for that for sure i i mean i think they were inspired to do this uh because of what we did with the live shows in dc where we had them bring the dogs out and you all we did the strippers but awesome dollar bills into their vests (laughs) into their vests uh (laughs) they raised you know i think over a thousand dollars both times and then a lot of people they actually set up a golden ratio fund on the website so if you want to donate like in honor of one of the dogs like to celebrate hopper's birthday or you know certainly in memory of some of the dogs we lose there's 
you see on the donation page, there's like a golden retriever, or I'm sorry, golden ratio fund. Um, Qdoba donated to that after Queso died uh, without me knowing, which was really lovely. They made a, a very big donation uh, in honor of Queso and, and all the squad, which was really nice. Um, we did that for our wedding. We were like, please, dear God, do not give us a blender don't buy us a present. We have two houses full of stuff. If you really want to give us stuff, you can donate to the rescue group. And uh, a bunch of people did that. So I think they're like, she's she's really good at getting the word out about us and good on social media. So let's make up this thing. And so I'm that now. Did you get a, a certificate for, for yesterday. Wall. I don't get anything. <laughs> I, I get access to the social media accounts, which is going to be pretty cool. That's very dangerous, actually. They should have thought twice. They should have just given you a certificate. <laughs> it's gonna get uh, crazy they don't even oh, know crap. i'm, just, totally I'm looking at the email i have responsibilities yeah oh no are there meetings oh, no. you might have to quit are there meetings i, I told them I'm, when they had, they had, <laughs> they've come to me when i was when i went to the walk the 3k walk where i met swizzle um they <laughs> had approached chaos. it was a little chaotic but they were like uh, so we were thinking you might be good at doing this thing. Are you interested in doing it? And I'm like, look, if you need me to like come to events like this and, and that kind of stuff, like I can't do that. Like I'm just not around, you know, I can't be showing up at things. Uh, my schedule's not like that. If you want me to manage stuff and come up with ideas and, you know, that sort of thing, that's great. But if you need me to like show up at the walk and, like register people like that's not a thing i can do and they're like no no no, you don't need to do that so are you on a committee maybe you're uh, on a committee i think i'm on the board maybe mm. i don't know Meetings. there is a board i don't know if this is the board uh anyway it's pretty cool i'm i'm excited i get to do oh i work in collaboration with the board so i i'm kind that's of that's better yeah, the board Publicize has Publicize great and its activities in all forms, including newspapers, radio, TV, and social websites. Writing news Whoa. articles, arranging for participants in interviews, developing new advertising materials. This is all stuff I'm really good at, so. Yeah. Appropriate social media, including post and frequent updates on activities, dogs, and other items. Yeah, that's great. I'm in charge of the social media. <laughs> Not just your own dogs by the way. No. You no, already oh my do God. that for the golden ratio. I love it. I can like go to the events and like take a bunch of pictures. Actually, the people who fostered Swizzle, um, they, the, it's a couple that fostered her and the guy who's very active in great, he, uh, he's a really good photographer. He takes tons of pictures. He brings these fancy cameras and stuff to events. And his wife is always like, stop taking pictures and come talk to people. And he's always like, hang on, I got to go take a good picture. Uh, yeah, he's got the eye. He's got the eye. Yeah, he, he takes great pictures. So uh, it'll sort of be like golden ratio to all the dogs that are have gone through or that are up for adoption. It's going to be fun. So that's cool. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, I, I'm glad they're you. acknowledging your brilliance. They, I got the email yesterday that that had happened. And so once I kind of get in there to the socials and get everything set up, um, I'll, of course, let you all know. So if you want to follow yet another one of GR Mom's social media accounts, <laughs> get, which is going to be all accounts. golden retrievers. <laughs> I mean, it's very on brand. It's just the golden ratio plus plus. Um, that'll be pretty cool. So. Yeah, and let's you get around the Instagram block. 
I found a way around the Instagram block. I have too many Instagram accounts. So like in the app, you can add multiple accounts and I have more than it allows now. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, they have enabled posting from mobile web browsers. So I can just sign in on Safari to any of my accounts and <laughs> post. Uh, yeah, I, I have issues. Whatever, it's fine. These are minor. So we anyway... All- we all yeah, benefit from your issues. <laughs> I have a good time. <clears throat> so that's the update on guacamole. Um, I guess in other like vaguely related news, we've been talking a lot about an RV and I'm going to look at an RV tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to buy the RV, but I'm going to look at one. If I buy it, GR Dad will road trip it down to the Keys this weekend. That's pretty exciting. Somebody, thank you, uh, guacamole, for that squeaking, He's by the way. Squeaky guac. I'm, gl- I'm guessing it's him, not you. It is him, yes. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? The, the, when we were talking about the RV a while back, we weren't really joking about the RV, but we were joking about stealing dogs and putting them in the RV. Just so There will anyone, be no dog stealing. <laughs> anyone is concerned, that was not, I was not going to follow through on that. Yes. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, uh, after work tomorrow, I'm going to camping world, it, like out, it's out in Manassas. It's so far away. And, uh, and there's what looks like a good one. Like, it's not like one of the bus ones. It's a, a smaller one that's sort of like got a van. It's like the chassis of a van or like a pickup truck so I can drive it and I'm going to test drive it and. We'll see. I mean, it has a bathroom. It has a queen size bed. So like hops and vink and get themselves up there and spread out. And it has a little kitchen and a fridge so we can stock it with Diet Cokes and Red Bulls for Dad. Or I guess Monster is your thing now. Someone on online said the logistics of this week are staggering. It's and very like, complicated. This is just like a Tuesday in our household. You are <laughs> logistics master. I am. Yeah, so the logistics may involve you flying up here on points and then just taking a lift to the house where you'll be greeted by an RV (laughs) that you will then drive down to Florida. The logistics also get complicated after that. Like, we're probably going to have to buy another car, but whatever. We're going to do one thing at a time. I don't even know if I'm going to buy this RV tomorrow. Very complicated. Uh, Yeah. But it's interesting anyway. Certainly interesting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone who is, a lot of people have messaged me RV advice, like those of you who have RVs. Uh, I was talking to the like woman at the camping world today and she's like, oh, this is great. What are you going to use it for? And I was like, I don't like RVs. I've never <laughs> been in an RV. I'm not happy about buying one, but I have five dogs and it's going to make my life easier. And she's like, ah, and I'm like, no, I think this is dorky and I'm a little bit embarrassed about it. But, uh, and she was like, Bleh! You know, I think they're all used to like RV people. No judgment on RV people. I'm just not that person, except apparently like maybe I'm going to be. But I've got no excitement about like, oh, let's drive our RV to like the national park and camp out at the RV place. Like that sounds like torture to me. No, I've tried to get you interested in camping. It's kind of the same thing. There are camping people who love it and like love roughing it and sleeping on the hard floor and not having a shower for a week, but that's kind of something I could chase you with. I mean, the thing that I have 
I know we've talked about this, but I'll just add one last time that like, I understand people who want to like, like I have a vague interest in through hiking the Appalachian trail. I think that would be a cool thing to do. Uh, I get that that would involve some camping. (laughs) I like how you start at the pinnacle. Like I am not really Alpine, but I I have a vague interest in going up Everest as my first (laughs) and only mountain. I mean, I've, I've done plenty of hiking. Uh, yeah, your one hike was like down the Camp Grand Canyon and back up in one day. <laughs> yes, I mean, one day hikes, right? I've never camped. <laughs> but like, I understand why people would like camp if they're doing something epic like that. Or I even understand like, I'm just going to go into the back country. I'm going to hike all day and camp. And then I'm going to hike all day and camp and like really go into the wilderness and camp. I, I understand the attraction of that. Like, I don't find it especially appealing. Like, if I were ever to do the AT, I would camp out of necessity. But I understand the appeal of that. What I absolutely don't understand is camping at, like, your designated 20-foot by 20-foot campsite where there's, like, literally people next to you. Also car camping. Also, like, driving your RV to an RV park. I mean, I understand why other people would want to do this. There is absolutely nothing appealing about that to me. Like, because you're not roughing it if you drive your car up to a campsite and then just sleep on the ground in a tent or if it's raining, like get in your car and sleep in there. Like you're just sleeping someplace that's not your house and also is not comfortable. I think you're a little bit roughing it. I think a little bit. It's faking it. It's fake Uh, roughing it. I don't know. Just sleep in your, why is it different sleeping in your car at a national park than sleeping in your car, like in the Walmart parking lot? No, wait, the goal is not to sleep in your car. Car camping is like you're still in the tent. You just don't hike with all your stuff on your back. Okay, so you pitch a tent in the Walmart parking lot you next to your car. You don't pitch a tent in the Walmart park. I'm just saying, why is that even different? Because it's cool. Okay, so you're in... A bear could show up. Oh my God. All right. It might be we a don't... bear. <laughs> I mean, depending on which Walmart it is, there might be a bear, too. Well, that's exciting. All right. Anyway. uh, Anyway, RV. You're not an RV person. If you enjoy this sort of thing, like more power to you, I do not, largely because it involves proximity to other people, which is not a thing I enjoy, (laughs) 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 if we're being honest. Um, But whatever. if it's, I can stay in an Airbnb at somebody's place or I can stay in my RV, like that actually doesn't feel that much different, especially if I don't have to talk to any people and uh, having the bathroom on the road would be nice. Who so, knows? Maybe you'll like it. It's like a tiny house. It's like a very small house. Maybe I'll love it. Who knows? Maybe like the small houseness of it. <sighs> I mean, I like small houses. Oh. Uh, I do not like tiny houses. I mean, tiny houses are fine. Tiny house hunters on HGTV, like, if you want to work Jen into a rage, approximately 90 (laughs) seconds of tiny house hunters is enough to do it. Like, well, we want to buy a 400 square foot house, but it needs to have a a full bath with a tub. Um, We need two bathrooms, lots of storage. We're going to live here with our two kids and our dog. Um, And our budget is $250,000. And it's like, bitch, buy a house. Buy an actual house. And we want a yard. Fuck you. Oh, my God. Yeah, and these aren't even... A lot of these aren't tiny houses that they're, like, driving around. 
they just want a little tiny house that they can like plunk down on some chunk of land that they bought in the middle of nowhere. It's like, get a goddamn trailer. Like, stop being so elitist. You want a double wide. Except the double wide has all the stuff you want and a lot more space. Like, why won't you just get a trailer? It is very extra with the tiny right? houses. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have a 400 square foot tiny house. Buy a goddamn trailer, which costs less and has all the stuff you need. Like, stop being so above everything. And you can put you a Barco lounger in there and watch TV, which I don't think you can ever do in a tiny house. No, there's nothing wrong with living in a trailer if you want something, like, not huge out on your property. Don't no. be so elitist. Fuck. <laughs> Shut, turn down Pinterest and Instagram <laughs> and just get a goddamn trailer and live on your property. It's fine. Or you, you know what? You want something that's like way more charming than a trailer? Cool. Get yourself a regular ass size house. If you want a full tub and storage and stuff, why are you going to live in 400 square feet? You're an idiot. Ugh. See, I didn't even watch it and I'm in a rage after 90 seconds. Yeah. We won't get into extreme couponing, which is the other thing that drives you oh, crazy. So we'll, no, we'll just let, no, let I, it go. I we'll let it go. that kind of rage today. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to look at an RV tomorrow. So check the snaps this weekend. There will be a road trip from Giardad either way, maybe in the new Golden Ratio RV, in which case we will be accepting suggestions for art or wraps, like wrap the whole external oh, yeah. of the RV. I would totally buy that. Um, and I'll have to get a soundtrack too. Eastbound and down something, something trucking. You well, know, you can definitely do the... Uh, eastbound and trucking. Rock me mama. Rock me, mama. That'll get me down to North Carolina. Yep, 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 Head yep. down south to the land of the pines. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Road tripping, baby. You're going to have a good time, the two of you. It used to be funner when you couldn't get satellite radio and, you know, had to listen to whatever was local. <laughs> funner as in more challenging. You could yeah. still do that. This is true. <laughs> yep. So, then who I knows? Then I singing to myself the whole time, and that sucks. I sometimes just ride in silence for the whole 20 hours. I've done what? that a lot of times. Yep, yep. No. I don't listen to anything. What? What do you have to no. I do, no. Yeah. I mean, what's a radio for? I mean, that's what my brain is for. My brain thinks about things. Yeah, well, I don't have access to your brain, so I just get <laughs> stuck with mine and it wants music. Uh, all right. So that's the guacamole update. Um, other than that, the existing dogs are fine. Yeah. Ops is still aqua aquatic. She spends days looking at fish, which I now come to appreciate is exactly what I would do if I didn't have TV. (laughs) She honestly just walks around and thinks it's super interesting to have fish floating around there. Yeah. And they, they swim around her. Everybody yeah. else is doing the same. Swizzle uh, went into the water up to her knees oh, today. Oh, yeah. Fine. She was, that was kind of thing. unimpressed by it, but she wasn't scared of it either. Yeah. So her challenge is not to be drinking the water. She hasn't quite understood that it's not that kind of water. She'll learn quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're all good. The uh, Jasmine went I, canoeing, kayaking. Sorry. Oh, yeah. That's right. I don't. I don't know if I've posted anything about that yet. Oh, yeah. I mean, Vink did too, but Vink went for 20 feet. Jasmine went for like a full-on sunset kayak. We took, uh, yeah, I was like, I'm going to see how Jasmine likes it in the kayak. I do have a couple pictures. I'll probably post one on 
Thursday, which is when the podcast is going to drop. Um, so I put a little towel down and put her between my legs and she did pretty good. She was, she was moving around a bit too much, like at the end, but we went for like 10 minutes and I took her out for a little ride. She likes the car better, but she had a good time in the kayak. Yeah. And the kayak right now is let's water in. So she was probably getting wet by the end. She was wet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was interesting. And, uh, yeah, hops, bank, Jasmine, Swiss, everybody's good. Uh, I would say for both of us, it has been a very tough week of lost dog. I am extremely sad. Yeah. Um, when we posted or when we, whatever, dropped the podcast last week, you know, I had said I was pretty numb and I was still pretty numb about it and I am no longer numb. Now I am just extremely sad all the time, both about queso and about the fact that it's, you know, three dogs in 10 months is a huge loss. And, you know, someone, someone had posted something about guacamole once I had him up there, uh, online. And I was like, you know what? I just want my other dogs back. Like he's a nice dog, but what I, like what I really want is just to have my three other dogs back. Yeah. Um, so it's been sucky. Uh, I do appreciate, I've got a ton of messages this week from people who, you know, are either in the process of like having to make decisions about putting their dogs down or, uh, you know, had to put them down this week. Like, you know, I, we have a lot of followers and so that happens every week, but more people messaging me than normal people have done it before who are just like, it's really useful to kind of hear you guys talking through the process because it helps me, you know, make that decision that I have to make for like sort of what's best for them. Right. Like, you know, a couple of people were like, I've, I've been letting them linger on and I know it wasn't the best thing for them. And kind of listening to this has let me go like, you know what, like they're not happy and I'm letting them, you know, I'm keeping them alive to make myself feel better. Not that we want to encourage any of you to like put your pets down. Um, but it's, I'm glad that like us at least talking through like how hard that is, is something that has been helpful to a lot of you who are kind of dealing with that. Yeah. And I don't know if it helps or not, but there's no easy answer and it sucks. I mean, there's just no, it's not like it gets easier. It's not like, you know, you get used to it. It's not like you find a secret way to not let it affect you. (laughs) It's just breaks your heart every time. It just is what it is that you can, you know, you, you just have to decide that it's worth it in the I mean, first instance because do- you, you know, dogs don't live that long. It's guilt-inducing in every instance. Like, I feel guilty about having put Queso down when she was not at the point that she was really suffering. And I, the, the thought that, like, emotionally goes through my head is... Did you just do this because it was too hard to watch her like live out those last couple days waiting? Was it just too hard for you to wait until it was really time? And I know that's actually not it, but I still feel guilty about that. And I feel guilty about that with Maggie because she had a very good last day. And I know she was also up all night panting and uncomfortable, but she's very happy and eating on her last day. And is it like you just couldn't deal with waiting until it was actually time and you did it too soon? And then with Riley, we waited too long and I feel super guilty about going, oh, so it was time and you just couldn't deal with it. And so you just let him suffer because it was inconvenient for you to like take him in. Like my brain's a dick either way 
about it. I feel guilty about all of them having done literally complimentary things with all of them. And there's, it just sucks, right? Like you have to make that decision, you know, and if you're, look, if you're fortunate enough that it's not made for you where they just die on you because you absolutely waited too long or, you know, whatever, it's like something really sudden. If that decision is not made for you, you have to make it. And I am always going to feel guilty about it. Maybe that's my Catholic upbringing. Maybe that's just everybody. Uh, but if us kind of talking through the suckiness of it makes some of you feel less guilty about it or makes making that decision easier in any way, like that's, I guess, a good thing. Yeah. And your brain's a dick. You didn't do anything wrong. And I think you've handled every situation as well as it could be handled. I mean, like I logically, I, I know that, you know, like, cause we, t all of them, like we talked through, I thought, uh, you know, kind of nonstop from the point where it's like, okay, it's getting close to time is the only thing I thought about is like, when is going to be the right time? Like logically, I know I did the absolute best thing I could in every single situation, but my brain is still a dick. And like emotionally, I still feel bad, even though logically I know I didn't do anything wrong. Like I did the best that I could. I was absolutely trying to make the best choice for each of them in the time. Right. Yeah. Emotional brain doesn't care. It's just like you suck. There's no, there's no standard that can tell no. you you did it right or you didn't do it right. And so you always feel like you did it wrong. It's kind of like I don't think there is a, a right, life. you know, like yeah. it's not let them don't let them suffer. Except like I've seen people who have let their pets suffer. And if it were me in their situation, I would have done it sooner but I don't think that they were being cruel or bad or wrong. I think no, they were doing like, the they're, best they could. They're suffering themselves. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a real, there's no, you know, there's, there's no ideal. There's no format. There's no model no. for this. You just muddle through. And like a lot of things in life, you don't know if it was the perfect thing. But you got to make yeah. a decision because as you say often, you know, not making a decision is also making a decision sometimes. For sure. I mean, especially in this, right? If you decide, well, like, I'm not going to do anything today, or if you say, I'm not going to decide today, like, you have decided you're going to not do it today. No. And, uh, yeah, it's always, like, it is an ongoing decision Ugh. of not now until you decide, okay, now. And if it's an ongoing decision of not now and they're suffering, like, you can say you're not making a decision, but the decision that you're making is I'm going to let them suffer for a little longer because I'm not there yet. And look, we did that with Riley. I did that with Pi. Like, you know, it's not judgment. Like, sometimes that's just the place that we're in where you're like, I'm deciding that, like, I'm going to let this go on until I feel like it's the right time. But it's you're deciding either way. That, that's yeah. why it's so guilt-inducing, right? Because it's not just like, well, let's wait and see. Like you're deciding, no, I'm going to let them keep feeling like this until I feel like doing something else. And so whatever happens, it's your fault. If a bad thing happens, it's your fault. And if no bad thing happens, it's your fault for not waiting until a bad thing happened. It sucks. No. Even, you know, even though logically, like, you know, I feel like we talked through this. We made very logical decisions that were very heartfelt and intended to help them but emotionally it's terrible it's terrible because they die but it's also terrible having to make that decision yes i'm unhappy about it today 
I mean, I'm, I'm extremely sad this whole week. But, you know, there's nothing to do except keep going. Yeah, there's no do-overs. Nope. And I, I mean, I don't think, you know, certainly with Queso, like, I don't think I would change that decision. Riley's the only one I would change because I really do feel bad that I waited too long. But I would change it by a couple days. You know, it's it's all basically the same. Yeah. No, it's, <sighs> it, you know, it sucks. All right. So, anyway, there's the dog update. We have four permanent and one temporary member. Uh guacamole is a good boy who knows if he's going to stay permanently and who knows if he will travel from dc to florida in an rv or in a car stay tuned it's all very exciting (laughs) (laughs) um all right dear dad we have a really epic taste of the keys story this week yeah man arrested following hallucinogenic slash alcohol fueled sledgehammer rampage it's a sledgehammer rampage. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's pretty good. What happened is GR Dad emailed me. He forwarded me the Conk Life newsletter, and it just said, Sledgehammer rampage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Man arrested following hallucinogenic slash alcohol fueled sledgehammer rampage. A 32 year old Hialeah Gardens, Florida man. Hialeah Gardens, I believe, is not in the Keys. I think he was down in the Keys. It counts. Yeah, he was just visiting, but he was in the Keys from Hialeah Gardens. Sorry, this 32-year-old dude wielding a sledgehammer did thousands of dollars in damage to vehicles and residences on Sunday afternoon whilst trying to kill demons he believed were tormenting (laughs) him. That's what he says. Yes, this dude faces multiple charges of property damage and burglary and resisting arrest. There were no serious injuries. The sheriff's office began receiving multiple 911 calls at 2.30 p.m. on Sunday from a litany of residents <laughs> on Little Torch Key, uh, which no. is down here in the lower keys, who were reporting a man with a sledgehammer on Pirates Road destroying property throughout the neighborhood. Uh, deputies responded. Victims flagged them down. They're like, that's the dude. And everybody looks and it's, a dude with a sledgehammer smashing up cars. So like cops roll up on him on the next street on Blackbeard Road. This is a little pirate-themed neighborhood. Um, They found him walking down the street with a sledgehammer. They ordered him at gunpoint to drop the sledgehammer and to get to the ground. He complied, but then wrapped himself up in the fetal position with his arms near his chest. (laughs) They eventually had to uh, tase him. They did not mark it as taser registered trademark but it is a registered trademark tasered him and handcuffed him. He was placed into custody. Okay. So he broke a window at one guy's house and then ran away. He (laughs) smashed somebody's pickup truck door and then ran away. They found two more cars with windows smashed. Side mirrors were smashed. Lots of dents because they got rampaged on with a sledgehammer. (laughs) Sledgehammer. (laughs) Uh, there was a camper where he went into the camper and destroyed oh. the inside of it, just like Rampage inside the camper with the sledgehammer. <laughs> he must have, he wrecked everything inside that camper. That thing must have been gutted. Uh, 
Deputies totaled seven sliding doors, two hurricane fringe doors, six windows, four mirrors, one microwave oven, and two televisions destroyed along with multiple holes in the walls. This was a, uh, so the company Fine Design Builders owned one of the trucks that he smashed. So I think this is like stuff they had on the truck to install in people's houses, right? Seven sliding doors, two hurricane fringe doors, (laughs) six windows, four mirrors. I think that was for people's houses that the builders had. He smashed all of it. It's like, fuck you and you and you and you. Every single one of you pieces of glass. Smash, smash, smash. Get that demon. Get that demon. Get that devil. (laughs) He also just did a screen door for fun at somebody's house. Um, He went into somebody's house and smashed the television and a bunch of objects. So the guy that got arrested told deputies he'd been drinking that day when someone gave him an unknown narcotic slash hallucinogenic drug. He stated he consumed the unknown drug. Guys, don't do this. I mean, don't do drugs. Why? Why? (laughs) Number one, don't do drugs. Number two, if you're going to do drugs, don't do unknown drugs. Because, like, you don't know what it's going to do to you. And you may end up on a sledgehammer rampage. And maybe if you if you do, don't have a sledgehammer handy. <laughs> I mean, yes. If you're going to do drugs, especially unknown drugs, please secure and lock away all of your sledgehammers at the time. <laughs> so he, this guy consumed the unknown drug, and a short time later, he began seeing demons. He said both that the demons ordered him <laughs> to destroy the property, and also he was trying to kill the demons... So I think his story is a little contradictory, which maybe is not fair to point out since he was on some weird kind of drug. Uh, But either the demons told you to do it or you were trying to kill the demons, but probably not both. I don't think the Uh, demons were trying to, were telling you to kill them. No. Anyway, he was taken to jail. (laughs) Without his sledgehammer, I hope. And hopefully without the demons. Next week's Conk Life will be Sledgehammer Rampage Ruins Jail. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that would be bad but it's just my sledgehammer it's fine and they're like all right sir yeah, we removed his shoelaces but we kept let him keep his sledgehammer <laughs> that was a mistake uh i mean i'm sorry to everybody whose car got smashed i'd be pissed but what a weird weird thing <laughs> what a weird thing yeah. uh anyway jared had you got a german word of the week for us nothing great i mean it's almost um Carnival time, so they have Fasching in Germany. Fasching. Fasching, or Carnival, but Fasching Mardi is Gras. more. Yeah, Mardi Gras here. Um, what do you guys do a, for Fasching? They have, they people dress up and there's, it's a, I, I don't even want to say, I can't even bring myself to say it's a little bit like it is in New Orleans because, it is not. boy, is it not. <laughs> um, that was going to be my rant too. I mean, it's it's in the Catholic parts of Germany. Mostly Cologne. Cologne in the Rhineland is the biggest area for Carnival. And they'll have, you know, they'll have floats and they'll have... (sighs) I'm biased, but it's all satirical and political and it's like topical. I mean, it can't just be fun. It has to have meaning. And it's all like a grim meaning. I don't know. I'm getting too (laughs) old for this, I think. But I even... Back when I was a kid, I remember it was all a little very, you know, as you'd expect Germans to be very regimented and organized and people have poems that they recite that are funny and satirical (laughs) and people, you know, make jokes. And I just remember guys got their ties cut off a lot. Oh, is this the tie cutting one? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's not, 
really they think it's funny, funny to like grab your necktie and cut it in half with but a pair of like, scissors but it's almost like germans like they had a sketch on saturday Night live right where like germany is they have napping at the workplace now and it's just people going now you will be napping you know how did you enjoy your <laughs> napping is it time for napping so it's like it's time to be funny now we have to be funny will you are you being funny are you amused here's a joke we tell the jokes so it's like a you know it's like a week of people drinking a lot and having to be funny but it's all like organized funny it's not like you know brazilian carnival you imagine is a little bit more organic and everything's kind of yeah fun right and you're having a blast in germany you, you have to have fun. you are ordered to have a good <laughs> but only time. a certain way and and it's just i don't know it, it can i don't know it never felt very natural or or you know intuitively fun it's not like new orleans either where people actually kind of let loose it's all within very strict confines and there are things you do and things you do not do during carnival and yeah and then a few years ago they had they were like oh women are getting sexually assaulted and grabbed during carnival parties well yes that's also a problem right yeah but, uh you know everything is just it's just fashing what are you gonna do fashing all right, fashing. But we did dress up in school when I was a kid. I remember dressing up as an old lady, I think, to our fashings party. Like Halloween kind of costumes? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Interesting. The kids dress up. But you don't go door to door. You just have like a right, right. dress up party, I guess. Maybe you go door to door. I mean, we didn't go door to door. Well, we will. Uh, I am a big fan of Lent. I was raised Catholic, as I've mentioned. Um, I'm not. I'm not a practicing Catholic now. Not a really huge fan of Easter, um, though I do like those chocolate bunnies. <laughs> say, That's not the point of Easter, Jen. I mean, I sometimes buy myself like some Godiva chocolate bunnies. I think this happened last year. I bought like whatever. You get a six pack of like the little four ounce chocolate bunnies and I maybe ate three of them in a sitting. I mean, I it's, think the connection between so bad. Jesus being resurrected and Easter bunnies is apocryphal. I don't well. think that's in the Gospels. Um, we can we can do a whole I podcast went to Catholic about that. School and I don't remember there being anything about Easter bunnies in the in the Gospels. We'll have that conversation offline. Not even um, in Revelations. Look, man, all I'm saying is, if there were a religion based on Godiva milk chocolate, Ooh. I would join. Spaghetti monster and chocolate, maybe. Yeah, fine. Great. <laughs> Godiva milk chocolate. As long as there's Godiva milk chocolate, I'm in. The spaghetti monster can come or go um, as long as there's Godiva milk chocolate. But anyway, uh, I do love Lent. I like love the ritual of Lent. I love, uh, if you are not raised Catholic, if you have ever been to a Good Friday Mass, it will blow your mind. Uh, it's, I mean, the priests lay down on their stomachs on the altar and you oh, yeah uh, to show their penitence and everything yeah I mean, like you reenact the crucifixion and like the congregation yells out the parts of the angry crowd like you have to yell crucify but you do the 12 him. stations of the, the stations of the cross yeah. they that? do the stations of the cross at at Ooh. church yeah i mean you do, good friday masses um wow so they they tend to be separate like there's a mass where you are kind of the angry crowd with pontius pilate like calling Jeez. for the execu execution of Jesus. Yeah, and there's parts, like you read through it and the, the, you have to yell like, crucify him, crucify him, like as a congregation. Wow. Um, which is that interesting. It's very bad. powerful to be like, I am part of the people who are bad 
that like he forgave. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh. it's a, a it's a very powerful kind of thing. Even though I am not a practicing Catholic, like the the ritual of that, uh, I get it. And yeah, they also will do the Stations of the Cross, though it's separate from the Mass. Um, but yeah, so like Lent is a thing like growing up Catholic that uh, I really like even as a kid sort of saw the meaning in like we would give stuff up for Lent and then like Sundays actually aren't part of the days of Lent. And so then you can have the thing that you you gave up ice cream for Lent. You can have it on Sundays. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm a big fan of Lent. And then there, I mean, there's nothing wrong about Mardi Gras. So I'm sure we'll talk. I'll do like my hot cross buns recipe when it gets closer to Lent time, which is another kind of great Catholic thing. They're like yeast breads, like little rolls with like raisins and cinnamon. And then they have like a glaze on the top. And I don't know why we only eat them at Easter, but we do. And, do you bake uh, a little baby in there? That's no, else? that's a king cake. Yeah. This <laughs> oh. is like yeast, bre- like bread, bread, right? Like oh, it rises oh. and you cook it. Oh. Uh, so more like a dinner roll kind of thing. But it's no. not like we would eat them for breakfast. Um, but it's that kind of thing, like bread with raisins and um, cinnamon and then glazing on the top. Um, cool. Like a king cake that has the the baby in it. Like that's more like a cake cake. It doesn't have yeast in it. Yeah, that has like, that's vanilla I think. Yeah. We never had those growing up, at least in my family. No, I think that's um, very New Orleans, the king cake. Yeah. Or maybe French, which is, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll probably talk about Lent stuff closer to Lent, but Fasching, there you go. It's a good word, even if the Germans are weird. Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you for bearing with us through the sad updates, but also the you know new dog to think about updates. Yeah. Um, as, yeah. As some others yeah. have said, thank you for wasting another perfectly fine hour with us. and uh, until next week don't bite anyone unless they ask you to yeah don't bite anyone excellent bye okay bye